0: Hello, I'm Alan McGuire, and welcome to the first Studio Media of 2017. Woo! Um, I'm really? not going to Sarah is co-host today. You know, Sarah, we don't to introduce her anymore. Hello, hello. Uh-huh. How was your Christmas?
1: Terrible. Good. How was yours?
0: Fine. <laughs> Um, hello to anybody who joined us because of the Irish Times or Daily Edge or our culture lists. That was yeah. nice to them to include us on those. Hello. those little
1: golden stars. I yeah. was just like, yes.
0: Little validations. I
1: love it's how terrific. you just name
2: dropped. You guys getting name dropped. Yeah, Ro McDermott, you our guest of the day.
0: <laughs> hello, Roe McDermott.
2: Of course, my first word was meta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm such Satin. a
0: For no, no Roe, she writes for Dublin Inquirer and Hot Press. And that's other me. places as well. So what are you gonna to talk to us about?
2: Uh, I'm gonna talk about the never ending story. Cool. Um I grew up in a house where we, we had two channels until I think I was seventeen. Um no, that's a lie because 'cause T V three came in and that was very exciting for everybody. I
0: like used to awesome. watch a trailer for that over and over again. Remember it was a trailer for the weeks trail beforehand? Was it was just two minute bits of Seinfeld. You're like, oh my god, this is gonna be the best channel ever. And Play then it was TV3 TV3
2: And we did have TG um But that doesn't count mm. um, So we used to rent Videos every week And there's three of us In the family So we would take turns Every week mm. And um, I did I'm going to admit it now I did go through A horrible phase Of loving Greece, But I did get over it. Feminism ah, I right did that as well Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you look, Very rapey
1: Very rapey Really? Oh how God, much yeah. in years?
2: Oh it is yeah, oh, yeah. That yeah. scene in Guys, the yeah. All of it all all of Like
0: he sings a big Impassioned ballad About how he didn't get to didn't get rape Sandy yeah. yeah yeah. basically she had, she she had the them audacity off. to yeah. say no
2: Yeah, um, in public in a drive-thru it's yeah. very weird um, but the other one but I used to get kind of obsessed with films and get the same one for weeks on end my brother and sister kill me and one of them was The Never Ending Story so one Christmas I got it on
1: VHS uh, so
2: I replayed it over and over again I'm not going to lie Atreyu one of the one of the first tinglings.
1: Yeah, where you're just like, what are these lights in my butt? Bo- oh,
2: <laughs> and I, like oh. I had had them before with David Bowie's Crotch Mountain in Labyrinth, but this felt a bit more age. A bit more like,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. And uh, did he have a ponytail? Let's see. He didn't have a ponytail. no. He had like, the most he, beautifully shiny. Oh, very. Was he like? Looking. Was he like a what is gender? Like, very fan yeah. looking. Yeah, 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 he
0: reminded me of a grown-up female actress. Cup in close-up shots. I was like, that's someone else's face, but yeah. I couldn't figure out who. No, he's yeah, so he's pretty. Like, he's a quarter Navajo Indian or something. Oh, so, I just Google yeah. searched yeah.
1: Atreyu and it is this terrible garbage band called please, uh, if your listeners, if you're near a your computer uh, Google Atreyu and be disappointed that you're not going to look upon a, a very handsome 90s actor. You're going to be <laughs> looking upon like a bunch of really pissy white boys in black t-shirts <laughs> who make metal music. Oh, so uh, Atreyu does not yield a, a, a handsome man, but he was very, he was uh He
2: was beautiful and, butt, and yeah. I think the whole thing about this film is that it captured what was I think it's so amazing about 80s kids films in that they're spooky as hell. Mm. Mm. They have a really dark aesthetic and I feel like now with modern films, modern kids films, even if they address like really serious themes like you have like Zootopia or Zootropolis depending on what region you're in. I don't know why they changed the title. um, Or Inside Out. The aesthetic has to be so crazy bright and colourful to kind of undermine that. Whereas 80s films like Dark Crystal, like Labyrinth, like all these Jim henson films, Mm. they were so dark and they didn't shy away from being... Absolutely terrifying and really surreal and weird. But then you add in the fact that the director is German, and it's just like ultra depression <laughs> Yeah, yeah.
0: I don't think you get away with setting a kids' film so much of a kids' film in a horrible swamp
2: of sadness. The swamp, yes, swamp of, of sadness. sadness. That
0: horse—it really distressed
2: Artax. me. <laughs>
1: StarTacks. Yeah, like, he, that, like so the horse depressing. genuinely
0: looked. No, StarTacks is like, gone because you know yeah. what?
1: Things die. Things it die. comes back at the end though.
0: Yeah, he recreates oh. him. I know. Everything, yeah, but everything comes, Everything
1: gets reset it's at the end. Takes the
0: cartridge, blows on it. But we still went back.
1: through that. Like the swamp of sadness in particular was just. Uh it was brutal and I think it was of a time as well before everything before everything was colourful, but when they still used sets in movies. Yeah. And puppetry in oh. opposed to
2: CGI. Like that's mm. why Amazing I mean puppetry. I think it, the visuals actually hold up. I mean the the flying shots are very rigid, but they have that kind of Superman quality to them mm. when are yeah. obviously on a board and whatever. But I think the visuals hold up because it's puppets, because it's tangible. Yeah. Because yeah. you can see the texture, it's not kind of crappy Real CGI beautiful that you really quickly. Yeah. Made
0: like when the rockbiter comes in for the first time, you're like, Oh, oh wow. Unbelievable. That's a very, <laughs> that very man. impressive. Oh
2: he's unbelievable. Real, lovely these big strong hands I <laughs> and then he's so devastated when these big strong hands couldn't protect his friends I couldn't hold on to them right such oh. a beautiful masculinity thing right he's meant to be this literal big yeah. strong rock mm. of a man
1: and he's like truly vulnerable and he grieves he grieves yeah and man. that's the thing
2: i love about it is as well like even the opening shot um or not the like they they have the little you know, thing with the bullies in the bookstore and whatever. But the opening shot of Fantasia is like the rock biter and then the racing <gasps> snail and these the Asian weirdos the and little bat yeah the bat and the guy with the top hat and it is just this it is this perfect utopia and I think particularly now with all these dystopian YA films that we have Mm. we always see the dystopia Mm. but we very rarely see like the normal
1: the everyday the
2: utopia turning into a dystopia and I think the thing that's so scary about this like version of an apocalypse is the fact that it's intangible it's nothing it's not like alien invasion or weather well I mean it's symbolized by weather Mm. but it is just hopelessness spreading and I think that I think showing the utopia, it makes it all more devastating when you yeah. see what's gone. Just
0: the range of creatures, especially in when they're talking to the um, the Empress's emissary, I guess. Yeah, the mm. quest. Yeah. The, like the, those giant heads. Yeah. They're amazing. So amazing. Yeah.
2: Atre was meant to be, because in the book he has um, green skin and blue mm. hair, ah. and they wanted to paint the actor and apparently look crap. Yeah. But even <laughs> that, like, it was just a visual thing. They couldn't make it work, but they were going to have all these different, like, Versions of races and ethnicities all like in harmony together. Um, that brings that's
1: interesting that they didn't paint him because it looked bad. Because this is another thing that we've lost, I think, in the way that fantasy films and children's films are made in that they would have just uncanny valleyed him, they would have just put a bunch of little white balls on his screen and superimposed a new body over his body. Mm. And I think that that I think we I I have a really hard time looking at CGI'd people because I I fall very steeply into uncanny valley, probably a bit too soon. I'm just like, nah, it's not real. I hate it. I hate it. Like, I'm always on wig watch. If I see a bad wig, I can't look. Oh, yeah. Like, I can't. <laughs> I, I never I, saw wigs. Mm. I
0: didn't know Juliana Margulies had a wig and The Good Wife, so it's pointed out, and I uh, still can't figure it out.
1: I can, really? I can I can yeah. I can flock a weave a mile away, man. I hate yeah. it. I loved spotlight. Bad wig ruined it. <laughs> I rewatched The Craft recently mm. and yeah. uh
2: what's her name, Robin?
0: Oh, because she shaved 30? her head for Yeah, because she Records. had shaved her head. Yeah. Her
2: wig is the most
1: <laughs> appalling thing. It's so distracting. It's terrible. Yeah. But like but at least it's a wig. <laughs> you know? At least <laughs> it's, it's not a, a weird thing. video game. Your breathing is wrong. Like th- that's what I always find is that the breathing never looks right. The rhythm of breath never mm. looks right. And you're not looking at a person then you're looking at a like a a picture and uh, I'm really glad they just let Atreyu be a little dude instead of you know if they painted him it looked bad at least it would look bad but yeah. I'm glad the film was made at that time oh god I hope they don't remake it
2: Oh, God, they probably mm. will, but it's going to be atrocious.
1: It'll be yeah. like the swamp of everything's going to be okay. Kids. Um. <laughs> the swamp of liking yourself and deserving a medal.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Jennifer Lawrence is the empress. Oh no. no,
1: I'm just so relatable, guys, you know. <laughs> <I> just <laughs> scratched my ass on the sacred ivory
2: tower and killed Fantasia, but I'm so adorable. Let's fine. take a
1: selfie. <laughs> I know, i throw uh, out poor, poor Jennifer Lawrence.
2: <laughs> no, very rich Jennifer <laughs> 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 Lawrence. Actually, she's, wait. M- she's minted. She's just like
1: us, guys. Yay. <laughs> wow. Um,
2: No, but I think this, it was so funny watching it because I had this theory, because I hadn't watched it in a really long time actually, Mm -hmm. but I had this theory in my head and I think Sarah, you had written about this before, of this idea of um, the never-ending story and the nothing is really about adolescent depression and even just entering adulthood and realising how unfair it is and there's all these kind of like your first sexual feelings, so you have the Empress, but she also has like the name of his mother, so it's all very Freudian Um, and also Bastian has also experienced his first sense of loss because his mother has just died and he's being bullied and so that's so relatable but then watching it last night I'm not going to lie the parallels with Donald Trump and political situation in America is like disturbing like it's re- Like if you look at this all yeah we were talking about diversity and everybody is you know it's this utopia and everyone's getting along and then suddenly work is this person who's chasing and he's helping nothing spread Mm. and if you think Mm. of the nothing as hopelessness like hi post Obama everyone's disappointed Mm. Uh, unfairly I think Mm. I will say Um, but it's spreading and he's encouraging it and he's becoming the face
1: of the nothing. He's like the heartbringer of doom He's
0: not even fully sure why he's doing it he just, no, he just, just wants, wants the power yeah so nothing's gonna be Putin as well I suppose <laughs> yeah. everybody everybody's more. <laughs> yeah. and then
2: he has that he has that incredible scene and there's there's just so much like you know the, I think one of the most unnerving scenes for me is when Atreyu enters um, kind of the final oracle and he sees paintings of himself <gasps> on the mm. wall yeah and then he sees his future and the showdown with Gmork and it's this thing of foreshadowing what's about to happen like hello Brexit we mm. didn't listen Um, and then he has this confrontation with Gmork and Gmork says people who have no hope uh, are easy to control and whoever has the control has the power. (laughs) And so the nothing just erases everything but he's just trying to harness that power for himself. And I was just looking at it going, this is so unnerving. Look at the ivory tower where the Empress lives and that's kind of the one beacon of hope of survive and you're like, ivory tower, White House, symbol of great America and it's just slowly being destroyed.
1: The scenes of that being pulled apart are absolutely devastating because that ivory tower is one of the visually one of the like again speaking of sets and landscape Mm. and like the way even like Terry Gilliam movies and things like that and and Henson movies had these insane built landscapes they had huge sets and watching the destruction of uh, of of, uh, that ivory tower was just
2: devastating also, for a second, can we go on a tangent on how amazing the soundtrack is? Oh, yeah. because oh, the score Synth Banger is so <laughs> unreal because it's so 80s and wonderful, but then it brings in this beautiful, idealistic score whenever the ivory tower is in sight, and it's just so emotional. The themes
1: are huge, like, the, I mean, like the musical themes and the recurring, uh, the recurring, like, um like riffs not they aren't riffs that that they use the overtures yeah yeah overtures are really really evocative like the music is is a massive part of it like and yeah. like you don't really see films that often anymore even children's films which should have more music um that you remember the like the feeling that the music yeah. gave you and i remember that from being a child and that being part of the magnetism was that it 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 envelops you completely you know my favorite bit in it is when um because as as a kid, it was a real hide behind the sofa moment. Because hmm. um, I too would have occasionally rented it from my local video store on yep. the hilltop. I generally rented the Super Mario Brothers movie because I had no taste. <laughs> <It was very> <laughs> <political>. <laughs> and my dad took a lot of talking around to the never ending story because uh, he what thought it looked scary alright oh, yeah mm. I mean like if you've ever seen the Super Mario Brothers film it's a uh, that is yeah fucking scary man Dennis Hopper like piss mm. off could <laughs> I <wait> me um, <laughs> and even the coverage
2: in everything it's very Star Wars mm. yes, like it has it is, all the yeah. characters and the ivory tower and stuff but the yeah. way it's set out it's very Star Wars it's, so it looks very adult if,
1: yeah it looked it looked too adult but I eventually got it out of him but I remember the scene with the oracles the southern mm. oracles mm-hmm. the two sphinxes yeah that scared the shit out of me.
2: Which one? The ones with the laser eyes?
1: Yes. Yeah. Well, there's two. There's, he goes through yeah. two gates and yeah. they're both awful. Yeah. Mm. They're both mad, judgmental and terrifying. And they're these two uh, women with uh, the two like sphinxes, like half woman, half question mark, question mark. And yeah. Like,
0: you, also, you would not see a sphinx breasts. with breasts. breasts. Yeah. Yeah. Nipples. Yeah. Nipples, yeah. Nips.
1: And I uh, remember registering that being like, oh, Nips. Yep. Cool
0: um,
1: <laughs> Like you would never it's, Everything is so sanitised It's yep. emotionally sanitised And it's visually sanitised Because like I wasn't corrupted by the nips I was just like Oh that's what a body looks like Maybe you were Maybe I was this Maybe is, this, is this is the turning point Maybe
2: everything Bloody what? two feminists I study sexuality studies We're all repeal the eighth Maybe never any stories to blame
1: Nip watch guys Nip That's watch, it everybody, everybody.
2: <laughs> Look into the
1: depths <laughs> of your childhood uh, Terrifying nips on sphinxes That like judge you with their laser eyes It all went wrong. That was so frightening. Like, existentially, the idea that there were these two great presences that could see through you and judge you for your, like, was it purity or courage? Self worth. Self worth. -worth. Mm. See, isn't that better? Like, purity would have been, like, typically standard. But self worth.
2: And the That's whole thing of Knowing that someone Is going to judge your self worth And then having yeah. that doubt And going mm. through And the idea of I
0: mean he does cheat He just runs in the end which Yeah, is, never it? yeah. Quite, it
2: never seemed Quite There's a couple of bits And apparently
0: They had to change bits As they were going along So you wonder why he doesn't Get swamped by the sadness as well oh, And it's because he has the thing But then he does get swamped anyway same yeah. Same. yeah So. Fals-
2: but yeah. I kind of rewatch it because that always bugged me and mm. I kind of thought, oh, it kind of makes sense if you look at it from where he's entering adolescence stage because mm. you realise that mm. authority figures sometimes set up rules that they don't follow. Um, ah. But if you look at it as he's... Believing in his self worth, maybe the belief of maybe I can just outrun this is kind of a different
1: form of self worth. So I yeah. just mm. I let it
2: slide a little bit. I want to love this film. Don't ruin it. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> no. no <laughs> it, it I
1: actually don't think it's possible to come in at come in at it. I mean, like, are we, like you can you can deconstruct anything. All our faves are problematic. All you listener. All your faves are problematic <laughs> <laughs> Know yourself And
0: children's film have, films Have potholes I think we have to like, have yeah, a lot of problems It's okay that's It's right. allowed But for
1: all intents and purposes today Never Ending Story is pure And perfect And fight me
2: But you know the author can be, He demanded that his name Be taken off the credits Oh he hated it he <gasps> hated yeah, it yeah. What? Really hated it Because he thought there were So many changes and stuff Yeah, yeah Even yeah. though it was like Hugely mm. successful mm. And like critically And it's gorgeous Even though the labyrinth On the flip side Made no money And was critically lambasted When it came out in the cinema No then I had this huge cult following, and apparently Jim Henson's son, before uh, Jim Henson died, said the labyrinth is getting this new like resurgence popularity mm. in VHs, and it made Jim Henson really happy.
1: That's good. Yay. Oh, yeah. Jim. You know. yeah, I
0: feel like Neverland Suite doesn't have the same cachet as yeah, Labyrinth it does. does. It doesn't have the same status now. It's less sexy. Yeah.
2: It's also still Bowie means that adults can feel like good about rewatching it. Yeah. Or yeah. Kind of, you know. Nostalgia. nostalgia. Yeah. Whereas I think you have to like sit down and And
1: okay Sarah and in it is a teenager. I, she was 14 filming it
2: though. Whoa. She looked older. See, She comes
1: off as 16. Do you know And
2: that's I mean? the thing. That's what I think what makes the labyrinth interesting though because she is this child who looks older than her
1: age oh. and is kind of people yeah. expect her
2: to be older than her age but she's clinging on to childhood. And she's being
1: forced into these weird maternal roles as like having to babysit her brother and she's like and I'm, she's getting sexualized I'm literally by 14. Jared.
2: Can I live? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, yeah, she's getting sexualized by Jared and it, all, and it is that And as a girl who went through puberty very early like mm. knowing that thing of everyone's sees me as older and treats me as older but I also want to be a kid but I also want to be older but I'm confused it's so
1: unfair <laughs> it's
2: so unfair yeah. but I love that as well when Atreyu turns up and they're like you're a child and he's like no I'm a baller thanks yeah.
1: <laughs> that's the gender difference I guess as well I'm sorry I'm doing the mic thing again sorry um, I, was like just, I was like leaning way way away from the mic there apologies um, the, the difference in it being like Atreyu being able to decide that he's a man hmm. and that's Like if they sort of a there's a difference there I think in yeah. the coming of age like there's there's less uh,
2: men get to de- boys get to decide when they're men whereas other people decide when girls are
1: women nail on that mm. yeah that's it yeah. oof oh, that's, that's just right? yeah. yeah that's
0: just
2: <laughs> but I love the link between Bastien and Atreyu and this whole yeah. like really meta thing in the film yeah. where Bastien is reading the book and kind of projecting you know Bastien is bullied and he's mm. isolated and he's feeling on his own and Atreyu is literally like a loner warrior and so he's seeing like this possible ideal version of of himself. But then the book starts talking back to him and saying we know you're reading Bastian and you mm. can be involved in the story, which is so interesting both like as nerdy little kids who are kind of seeking refuge in books and emotion yeah. in books. But then bringing it back to my like in-depth Trump theory, I think there's something so interesting about the way we relate to media now. And it feels so distant and we pretend that we're kind of passive spectators, but mm. it's our bloody lives mm. and we need to get involved. And I think the whole thing of like shaking people out of just watching what's happening to the world and yeah. saying, no, you can actually do something. You can actually, if you acknowledge the problem and like literally in naming the empress, mm. like speaking speaking the problem and doing something about it and taking small action. It's this like really interesting link between like, you know, how we involve ourselves in media or not involve and that we have to actively engage in the world instead of just watching it happen to us. Yeah. I just yeah. And
1: I that's went. a change that's been more recent. And the idea of like this thing about nerdy kids like seeking refuge in books, uh, uh, I think that that thing where the moment where the books are speaking back to Bastian and inviting him back in, that's very profound because that's all you really want as a child mm. when you're reading, especially when you become a, like a lover of books as a child and when you find home in them. All you want is them to pull you further in and like you know step into the pages and never come back. And the, a very redu- reductive version of that being like it's like you want the book to talk to you specifically, yeah. like turn the page and it's about you. It's not just about like somebody else. Um, and I think like could like I could be wrong here and this could be batshit, it. but this could be why uh like i don't know i i am a big user of the internet i'm a child of the internet and because the internet is so language-oriented like and we're we're all reading probably more than we're all reading constantly and mm. mm. um, because we're reading the internet all the time and as active contributors to the discourse uh, that happens online and in social media and things like that like in a way isn't that Bringing a fic- the fictitious, not a fictitious world, like it's. Mm, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I do know what I'm trying to say, but I'm trying to kind of hit it more succinctly. Uh, becoming a part of the media is as easy as starting a Twitter account. You know, like co- like contributing to the conversation and having things speaking back to you, like in la- in text, mm. is something that we can do
2: now. I think does that, that make sense? Sense? danger. Yeah, it does. I think the danger that that arises or that I'm slightly wary of with that is that idea of like everybody calls themselves an activist now because they put up like a Black Lives Mm. Matter hashtag once and it's like no you Mm -hmm. actually have to do something as well Like, like starting the conversation is incredibly important and I feel like that's like what the books do with Bastion they try and make him engage and start the conversation but at the end he has to do something. He actually yeah. has to take action and I think that's what slightly worries me about um, the constant engagement that we have on the internet. Like it makes us feel like we're doing and not that, Jesus, not that those things aren't incredibly important but I think it's also important to take that action offline and do stuff, you know, in like, mm. in very quick commas like the real world as well mm-hmm. because i feel like starting the conversation is great but you also have to turn up in the streets and i feel like that's what Bastian like literally does right he starts yeah. the conversation and then him and like falcor take to the streets yeah. and like seek out justice Aww. and i think that's the important bit as
1: well but i do think the trap comes from the comfort of feeling like you're telling a story back to yourself and the story is speaking back to you and i think that's why people mm-hmm. get and the other
0: people are characters yeah and that's there, that there's an end point that, that you're the hero of the story which i think is why so many people keep on inviting nazis onto their shows <laughs> so, like, i'm gonna be the, i'm gonna be the hero of this story yeah but i was gonna defeat the, the nazi, nazi oh Whereas my god and
1: it's like you're not gonna defeat people with tweets even though it feels like you it mm. feels like surely the pen is mightier than the sword so why would the keyboard not be mightier than whatever the fuck it is you do in the street but that's mm. actually the here is another terrible coming of age thing is that Writing about it doesn't always solve it, especially no. not in that con- not in the in the context of if the internet is our fucking magical world that we escape to, where we talk to all these cool people who who from different like yeah. our utopia, which we were watching fall apart before <laughs> us. Uh, for the record, we are in. I am convinced we are at the we are at four a.m. at Twitter, and it's 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 about to be a new day where there will be no Twitter at all. Like it is going, it is it's going, it's going on. But uh, whoa. <laughs> is Fantasia Twitter? Oh my god You can put that In <laughs> the episode description Alan That's um, really a PhD topic <laughs> like, That's legit <laughs> Someone's PhD The alt-right <laughs> is uh, Is Is the nothing
2: and I think that's and I think that's really important. Like, it's not to underestimate because you see Bastian at the start of the film, and like his his father, who is strangely blasé about his wife just having died. Mm. Um, you know, is really isolated. He really doesn't talk to anybody, mm. and like the the scary guy in the bookshop kind of just lectures him and sends him on his way. And yeah. he doesn't have people to communicate with. So you see mm. the emotional impact of him like his struggle and his pain being recognized and spoken about and he has this emotional connection to somebody. But I do think it is that thing of then he has to turn that acknowledgement and that shared sense of community that he has with people in Fantasia into action. And both of them come in power through that. Mm -hmm. So it's not undermining the sense of power that comes from communicating with people who have been through things that you have been through. Um, But then it's just going at a certain point don't we have to do something to change the culture around us and literally change the world around us instead of just talking about it?
1: Yeah, or reading about it or writing about or it. Even about though it. reading about it and writing about it, it's, but that's, that's the other thing about, like, Bastion, when he's hiding, literally hiding in the attic of his school, mm. cozied up, read, like, it's it's safety, you know? Safe spaces, people. Safe spaces, <laughs> but, like, that's what reading is, you know? Like, that's and that's what Bastion is looking for. Bastion is looking for somewhere to hide.
2: But then doesn't the storm start attacking his school? I mean mm. like and it's given that sense of, yeah, education and knowledge and power and these idea of safe spaces, but eventually they're probably all gonna get invaded by if you don't stop the sense of hopelessness that is infecting
1: everywhere around you, it's gonna invade these safe spaces as well. Yeah. And yeah. I think safe spaces are a product of them. Yeah, like the last yeah. the last strongholds, uh, which were kind. Which I don't. I actually don't believe in safe spaces. I've never yeah. been in one. I don't. I think people ask for them, but I don't think yeah. they receive them. I think people are pissed off um, at the very idea that people are requesting them, but they don't exist. Mm. They don't exist. I think it's.
2: I think it's really interesting. Like I, so I work in San Francisco State University, and the people who ask for safe spaces or talk about safe spaces or complain about safe spaces they're usually people the most privileged because I think people who are you know at an intersection of a lot of privilege being taken away from them they understand that even within places that are supposedly safe spaces there's so much microaggression there's so much crap between people because you're um, looking for it more then you're kind of seeking yeah and I think when your entire identity and your life is filled with bigotry and racism from other people or homophobia or whatever it is um you kind of know that there's no such thing, whereas mm. you know people who are calling. And I, yeah, I, I like I think safe spaces are really important, and I think people have a right to ask for them. Um, I think realistically, most people who need them know it's it's a utopian ideal that would be lovely if we could live up to it. And most of the time,
1: they don't. Um, but I think the I think the idea that. The more you hope, and the more the if we're gonna like if we're gonna nothing it if we're gonna call whatever the disillusionment and anger mm-hmm. and loss that's being led by, our Gamork and a wig is I think that, the the real like the 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 cultural, decay or whatever it is the sorrow and the the hopelessness that does seem to be coming over people in in, in recent years, um I think that that. See if it sees a light. If it sees people trying to build a fire, or d- even even if we fucking know the fire is a not going to keep us warm, b probably not going to get lit, and c is attracting the fucking nothing, the nothing will go for the fire first. It will go up. Oh, there's a fire. Fuck that fire. Yep. If I see any more fires like that, I'm going to come for them too. Because fuck you, trying to have hope
2: and by the way the people who complain about safe spaces all the time are also the people who are like oh my god the cast of Hamilton like really politely <laughs> issued a statement towards black Mike Pence. someone
0: Literally said happy Paris. holidays to me yeah. yeah oh
2: my god there's a black Santa what's happening like right. and they lose their fucking minds mm. so I mean there's just it's like yeah, if yeah, Lynn
1: Man- manuel Miranda writes something to you Jesus, Mary and Joseph take that off the person who is reading it and stick it to your fridge and show it to your grandchildren be grateful But the MacArthur genius whole. Yeah. fucking like the android webber of our fucking times only cooler like by <laughs> far uh wrote something to you get over yourself it's not an attack mm. and even if it was it would be like i would i would take him slagging me
2: mm.
1: like i would take that you know cuz he's a legend like there's some um weird there, there there is this weird unbalanced thing and i i think uh i actually just had a, a, an idea there which um like, the idea, again, the idea of the safe space and the, 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 the folks who complain about them. And they actually do have their own safe spaces. The world? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, white men. Oh, oh, so golf clubs and yeah. gentlemen's clubs. Yeah, but, but even on online, that and, yeah. the places that they dwell online. Are so uh, removed from mainstream internet that they. Uh, and so
2: removed from anyone who is not there. them. Mm.
1: Yeah. That they they live in worlds of their even online they they live in uh, sort of an intellectual utopia that they are allowed to say what they want and do what they want. Um, because. Well, no, it's- it has, reason. <laughs> has reason unless has reason for like, empathy and if anybody oh, oh no empathy empathy is mm, yeah. mm. that's such a woman thing it's oh an irrational don't one. know it don't have it I feel like some people have it <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about but isn't that like that's
2: what I love about um the the never ending story the landscapes are all named as what they are like so you have this one but they also mention um, the desert of shattered hopes and then there's the sea of possibilities Mm -hmm. but that is turned into a storm because there is hopelessness and the idea of hopelessness erasing this vast landscape of possibility is just like oh hello recession and all our hopes for being employed (laughs) (laughs) during this
1: generation um
2: But yeah, that idea of landscapes, I find, is so interesting right now. Um, And particularly that thing of safe spaces, like, if you look at...
1: Digital or tangible.
2: Yeah, and, you know, everybody's worried about, like, there's all this horrible, just totally xenophobic... rhetoric at the moment about like immigrants and stuff and then mm. you're like but you can literally go online and find these online spaces where white men are completely being radicalised like mm. Reddit pre-election there were literally rooms of young white men saying okay we're voting for Trump don't tell your friends don't tell your family don't tell and I say this in inverted commas like your libtard acquaintances and let's skew the polls and it's this these are, there are these landscapes that exist online of people who are trying to yeah spread these like secret the caves
1: yeah and yeah. like the it, that that I've like, I'm a like lurk hard. you live hard you know I've I've <laughs> I've uh, i I've, I've clicked around these worlds again I'm a child of the internet like yeah. I said it earlier I've been I've been I've been there for a minute and sprang
2: uh, from a modem fully formed I was
1: talking to a bunch of them this last night and they were like. Like what age were you? And I was like, eleven. Like I've been I've been there a minute, you know, I've been there like longer than I haven't. There you go, longer than mm. I haven't, which is absolutely yeah. horrifying. But the the idea of like um these places where these these particular kind of dudes go and, and live in secrecy and like these like secret societies, you know, that we can't crack and they don't know that they're not the bad guys. I know. That's don't know. Like, thing, right?
0: I get very little abuse. I get little pockets of it occasionally. Oh god! But, you it, but
1: you, when you get it, it's fucking mean. What are you talking about on the podcast? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the yeah, podcast. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, Alan.
0: It's normally Alan. Yeah, um, <laughs> but they can't be thinking this is a way to talk to people. You know, yeah. they have they have to know they're being dicks. Yeah. And they're just rev. It's like it's just a prank to them because oh. there's, no, there's no consequence for them no what happens I don't yeah.
2: think they do I had an interaction not too long ago with um, an Irish journalist which makes me laugh oh. so much <laughs> and I can't even remember what I was tweeting about it. I tweet about feminism sometimes so I was in response to something um, and he he called what did he say he said shrill he <sighs> said you're making the argument but you're making it in a very shrill way and I, literally, I was like alright dude if you want to use like sexist language you can just piss off like I'm not engaging with you. and he was like what are you talking about sexist language and I literally sent him a link and it was a 2015 poll by the BBC that were uh, talking about the the most gendered words that you could use and the most sexist mm-hmm. words that are kind of seep into common day language and I think shrill was number 2 <laughs> and he and it was like evidence, right? Mm. I was like, look, the language you're using is gendered. It's only used against women. If you, you're not gonna believe me, you've already proven that. But look, here is someone that you should mm. respect because you're a journalist, here you go, empirical evidence. And he was like, Yeah, but I don't use it in a gendered way. It's oh. <laughs> just like okay, dude, sure. So I just I don't I don't think it registers. I think they can no. rationalise anything. Yeah. But that's and reading? that's
1: the nothing. It's all encompassing like it's just it doesn't have a rationale. It's not a pointed line. It's not a dagger. It's not like a it's not a single pointed tunnel of of wrong. It's an all encompassing amorphous lawless deconstruction of hope. And that's that's like where we live, you know, and what I worry about the online spaces thing and the, like, I mean, at least on Twitter, people kind of have names most of the time. Sometimes yeah. they run under anonymous accounts but generally they're, you, like, you know yeah. who that person was, you know? Yeah. Um, I know who that person was. A dickhead. A dickhead. <laughs> A lonely man. Um, but I think, I think that, uh, I'm actually making myself sad even saying this, that they're, like, these people could be people we know, they could be anywhere and the, yeah. that nothing is taking them. Like, that, yeah. that hopelessness and that, and uh, the, the, I mean, you know, Never Ending stories about heroes yeah. and about Bastion learning to become his own hero through grief and Atreyu going on this quest. And, like, I mean, it does completely run by the Campbell 12 Steps. Like, it's very satisfying in terms of narrative. It's got yeah. the, like, all of those beautiful steps that you see, you know, Pixar kind of drawing in crayon, but in Never Ending Story, it's doused in a little more kind of pathos or something. Yeah. But um, the the really sad thing is that, like, the, 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 the lads, the fellas, the, yeah. the creeps in the chat rooms, the, the alt-right, these guys think they're right. They think they're doing something valiant and heroic and reinstating a certain order yeah. on the world. And I use order very deliberately. Mm-hmm. They think that they're reinstating an old fashioned, like a truer, more authentic way of being. And in many ways, like, I mean, never any story is a powerful emotional beast of a film and I, I love it it's what's one of my favorites as well but I think the very idea of the hero's journey is sometimes what gets broken along the like it's it's something mm. that breaks young men along the way yeah and this idea of 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 true right and true wrong and that the chaos that appears to them what we what we, tender libtards live in <laughs> seems to be chaotic to them and not make any sense and yeah. that we are too forgiving and that, uh, I mean, it all comes from like, you know, racism and, and, and sexism and all the other things. I think but it's
0: also a lack of it, curiosity. Oh, yeah. They kind yeah. of think, there's okay, a place yeah. I should have in the world and I don't have it right now Yeah. and I'm not going to figure out if I should have that place. I'm just going to take that place back Yeah, yeah. by any means possible. I guarantee you that yeah. a lot
1: of the Irish people who are like, get these Syrians off my doorstep, etc. It's like, have you ever like known a person of colour? Mm. <laughs> have you yeah. ever made a friend from somewhere else? Have you ever been in a situation where you were forced out of your home? But we're even a Or even been with
0: a person of colour who was refused entry to a nightclub. Yeah. Yeah. Or anything, you know? Have any of
1: your, have you ever gone yeah. anywhere with a friend who was who was treated differently because mm. of the way they look? Mm. Have you ever felt anything for a person who wasn't exactly like you? <laughs> that is my always my question. It's like, yeah, but you don't know anyone who isn't exactly like you, so you have no experience. So shut up.
0: Mm. Yeah. do you know
1: and that's that's the heartbreaker here is that ignorance and fear and the lack of like fear stops curiosity do you know mm. and uh, that's that's the real bummer but that's the thing
2: know? I mean the thing with empathy is that um, you then have to acknowledge your own power and mm. it hopefully comes the realisation that you need to um either share it or do whatever you can to give other people as much power as possible so it's all equal. But I don't want to do that. And that's the Gmork thing, right? It's like, I don't even know what this, like, this hopelessness and this despair could also be my demise, but I'm going to mm. hang on. and But it looks... But I don't like the people that it's... I don't like the people that it's also affecting first. So I'm yeah. going to support it now. And it's that thing of... It's like trickle-down economics mm. and trickle-down power. Like the most vulnerable people are going to be always going to be the ones to suffer first yeah. so let's hold on to the power as much as possible mm-hmm. even though it's coming for you too
0: I'm going to own some of yeah. this rubble basically right yeah. and it's
2: that thing of like middle America like mm. Trump isn't going to help like Trump is his entire cabinet is millionaires mm. he's not going to support like no. rural working class people of America but it is going to affect kind of like LGBTQ people like mm. working class black people black people women it is going to affect those first before it affects Anyone. working class white men yeah men in mm. middle America. And the
1: working class thing is interesting because around the factories being reopened, which is, I think is gas at middle America, like make America great again. Get us some jobs. I'm like, okay, here's a giant car factory that you can work in. P.S. You're not going to have any fucking workers rights and you're going to get paid fuck all while you're in there. But we have a job. Mm. You know? Yeah. Like you're not you don't know what you're asking for, hon. And <laughs>
2: there's a thing with the American dream though as well. And I find it so interesting. Like the American version of Utopia makes Americans a little bit stupid and sorry to any Americans Mm. who might be too We love you. But the American dream is one day I'm going to be a millionaire and so that's why like people who are not millionaires in America, i.e. the majority of Americans, they vote for people who are like treat millionaires and the ultra rich mm. well and give them good tax breaks because it's this idea of one day i'll be up there and that's and the american dream is so focused on capital success mm. um and nothing else but i think what we're seeing now is the american dream has to expand and not be this neoliberal idea of like my individual wealth mm. but about america again and the whole thing of making America great again, which was such a beautiful phrase. Like, ask anyone who was in a white, like, do you know that question people ask at like dinner parties? Like, oh my God, if you had to travel back in time to an era, what era would you be? And I'm like, have you asked anyone who wasn't a white (laughs) dude that question? We don't want to travel back Mm. in time. No, Travel back in time means our rights are taken away or we're murdered, like that's Mm. it. But this idea of make America great again—it's make America great again, yeah—for that tiny little demographic. um, When actually, what's happening is it was becoming equal, and so make America great again is make it unequal again. Um, But yeah, and I think
1: a lot of people do define their—this is empathy again—they define their happiness and their power by the suffering of others. That there is—if you see people suffering—and if you see if you see day to day that people who are less than you are getting what they deserve and you are safe and you are good that there's some sort of a people get like an emotional reward from watching other people suffer and whether or not they will admit that mm. like i feel like that about the irish homelessness crisis as well do you know what i mean like there's some reason do you know what i mean people get great kicks about helping things at christmas i'll talk to you all in the summer yeah mm. you know well it's still fucking happening it's getting worse it's like oh enjoy all your all your festive good feelings i'm watching lads and i'm you know i hear bees where's the honey yeah. but uh i think that there's a lot of people in ireland as well who think that they who are emotionally rewarded by the fact that they're not homeless yeah and that there is something that they like they don't have any empathy for they don't actually want to help you but know it's
2: also it is that kind of moralistic view of your life in terms of, and I think that's what Donald Trump is definitely bringing back with this kind of, you know, saying thing of, I, I wasn't helped apart from that one million dollar loan that my dad gave me and then all the money that my entire family has always had forever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, he genuinely believes he's pulled himself up by his bootstraps. And it's this idea of, like, in America, if you work hard enough, you can do whatever you want, ignoring all the institutionalized and systematic privilege, right? And I think we still have that in like, smaller doses in Ireland mm. in that terms of if, if you know, if you had made the right choices, if you had worked harder, if you'd been, like, a better person, this mm. mightn't be happening to you. And I think, like, people who are homeless and people who are, like, particularly, like, mental health issues mm. or addiction issues, it's kind of a judge of their character a lot of the time, mm. which is really screwed because we do have this idea of, like, well, if you were, like, a good person, like yeah, me, it would have worked out.
1: And it exactly. would have worked out.
0: Ireland loves people who did have mental health issues and now are over it oh and want gosh. to talk about it yeah. but when you're actually in it they don't give they don't give a shit the yeah. but if you can talk about politics. it afterwards that's what they love yeah. oh completely yeah.
2: like nobody wants like I find it really interesting the people who are in the position of speaking out about mental health right now because they're all usually by the way like all cis all straight
0: mm. um, all yep.
2: white obviously because we're Ireland and yeah we unless they roll out their one or two tokens mm. uh, which is also really problematic um but yeah, it's all, this is in the past. Or I'm dealing with it in like such a such a healthy Irish way. I've got
0: a new it's, cookbook about my, my new healthy... <laughs> life. Oh my yeah. God. yeah, or
1: like, oh, play her.
2: Cook yourself now. out of depression. <laughs> yeah. I'm
1: trying, man. I'm
2: fucking trying. <laughs> but we still don't, we still, there's such a lack of dialogue about medication mm. and how that's actually, no, brain chemistry, lads. And it's not that I'm a bad person or that I can will this way. This is something I, medication, that's fine. Or yeah, I'm still in this and I'm still struggling because people want a success story. And also, if you say I'm still struggling with something, people get very
1: uncomfortable. And they call you a what? A special snowflake. <laughs> For talking <laughs> about so the things special. that are up with you. So there's this huge push and pull of dialogue. And this is why I feel like I'm like, I don't know if I'm at the twilight or the dawn, like the end of my my, my, my time on, on Twitter. But I, I, I feel something is shifting in that there's just all this encouragement from the establishment. Let's just call it the establishment, like the... You know, the big fucking posters that are like, talk about your feelings, express yourself, call somebody, talk to somebody and all this positive reinforcement. And yet, the second we do, there is always some motherfucker ready to go fucking
2: snowflakes. I also think there's such a gender thing happening right now because like, look, Ireland has this huge mental health problem and there's huge... there are huge gender divides Mm. in terms of men are not socialized to talk about their problems or Mm. express emotions and like the suicide suicide rate for men. Mm. Young men in Ireland is absolutely atrocious. So nothing I'm about to say is is saying that that isn't huge and needs to be addressed. It absolutely does. But I think there are a lot more um, mental health representatives now that are men. And I find that really interesting because I find that like women's mental health issues are so often dismissed as like being dramatic hysterical if if you
0: want to know how someone actually thinks about mental health see how to talk about Sinead O'Connor
2: yes real talk yeah yeah Yeah. Um, and it is that thing right that's an ongoing Mm. issue like she's still going through stuff yeah Um, but I think that is really interesting that we've taken a problem that is absolutely needs attention is men's mental health in ireland but it's coming a little bit at the expense of us taking women's mental health issues seriously because i think we're we're again socialized to not do that and just see women as being hysterical or dramatic or moody or looking for attention Mm. and i that idea of looking for attention by the way why is that a bad thing if you have mental health
1: issues Mm. like asking for help is not that what the posters are all telling people to do
2: yeah, it's just that yeah, so it just push and yeah. pull
1: man. It's the push and pull and I think the back being back like back to the, the nothing, do you know, because mm. I, I do think that's an excellent allegory for something that we're experiencing culturally at the moment is this huge this this gentle and dissonant wasting of hope. Mm. And I think it's something everybody's been feeling and maybe since even a little bit before. I mean, I feel like it might have it might have changed if, if hills had gotten in and we had re- remained in the status quo. I mean, nothing re- like it would yeah. be fucking great for women, I guess. But um it would have um, it would have been business as usual, you know. Yeah. And uh, it would have been a bit like I'd say I would have enjoyed the the POTUS Twitter feed and, you know, it would have been a lot of it would have been kind of fun, you know, yeah. for us and our little island outpost, um, watching it all go down like some horrific soap opera. But I do think there is this this this, this nothing and this cultural mm. wasting. And I think a lot of that those vibes, for the want of a better word, uh it's the it's the starting of fires and the nothing putting out the brightest spots. It's the people sending up flares. Now fuck your flare. And we're going to go, but you told us to send up a flare if we needed help. Fuck your flare looking for attention. (laughs) Whatever. Fuck you. Ireland loves a martyr. And we haven't had one in a hot minute. And not that I'm saying that people are looking for one, but this pushback against people seeking hope and seeking help and like asking for things to be better. And not like not demanding things are better, being actually quite fucking polite about it. Being like, how about if we considered that we should do this? How about we take the middle road and give women the choice whether or not to have an abortion? You know what I mean? How about we open things up a little? Mm. I think that's really the bottom line. I actually don't know many radical people here. I mean, me and Roe both lived in San Francisco uh, together and like looped over our times there. We know a lot of fucking radical people who yeah. are really like who are very passionate and very driven. Boring. We were so moderate. We were so milk people. toast on <laughs> peace. Like we were just so chill, and yet here the. Radical that, feminazis. D- radical feminazis, you know, fucking hell. And I think cool, look, okay, I'll take that and <laughs> whatever, fight me. But at the same Have time
2: I- that says feminist killjoy <laughs>
1: <laughs> I want one. <laughs> <laughs> but um I think I think the asking for hope and like the while the the nothing continues to kind of spread and eke away, like I don't know what our breaking point and our turning point is gonna be. I genuinely don't know what the, 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 the flare that might push back against that ebbing away is.
2: I think there's something really beautiful about the scene where Artex sinks into this one of sadness because oh. you literally see Trey going through all the stages of someone who is... De- like, someone who is dealing with someone else with depression mm. because he starts with the, oh, you're fine. Don't worry. Mm. Look get out now.
1: of here. Yeah, it's yeah.
2: okay. And then he starts to get a bit freaked and going, no, come on. Like, start... Like, no, you Sorry, can't moving. do this. You can't Don't do this. Up. Yeah. And then starts, like, pleading with him and then goes really angry and, like, very near the end of our text, sinking is like, you stupid horse. Come yeah. on. Yeah. And it's going through, like, literally... Like kind of the stages of grief, like there's denial and bargaining and anger mm-hmm. and um, and I think there's something really interesting of like getting to that point of going, can you see what you're letting this happen yeah. and then what happens after getting angry about that and what we do to get everybody out of the bloody swamp of mm-hmm. sadness. Um, and, and we don't anger, all have a luck dragon we don't all have a luck dragon oh my god a luck dragon who's is the luck dragon a luck dragon is privilege holy uh, shit yes. but I want
1: a real one though bro. Yeah, like no. I want I want a symbol <laughs> like I want more than I want more than that I want an actual th- thing to swoop my in, wife's aunt's this. dog
0: looks exactly like Falcon. <laughs>
1: It's, You're going to have to put a picture up With What illustrations golden, <laughs> half
0: golden retriever Half terrier So oh. it has a golden retriever Body and head And very small legs oh my And gosh. it's very long So it is like Just a Falkor running around Give Can we it. talk it's about
2: Falkor's a little bit creepy I love Falkor man He's a bit <laughs> creepy Because he goes around He like winks Very slowly yeah. <laughs> at people And then Atreya wakes up After Falkor saves him From Swamp Sadness And Falkor's like Hey you talk in your sleep
1: Wink And it's all a bit like Okay calm I love there. him I think he's a bit But like I like that He's a bit fucking dumb. Dubious. He's I a know. giant weird ass look dragon. He's meant dubious. Who I fucking know. knows what it's he's so done in his life? Who knows? You know? This big old opalescent fucking scales. And his weird be hair. Yeah.
2: The look dragon is a symbol of white privilege.
1: Well he's a and giant white puppy. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You know? But like I don't even I would like a more literal thing. I would like a cultural I would like a cultural moment to be a look dragon. I want something to the happen. The Gathering didn't do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Throwback Thursdays. The I Gathering.
0: Panty Speech was one of those. Oh, yes. that's Yeah, Yes.
1: True. So, look, dragons. Oh what oh are the look God. dragons? Panty places. Oh, Ireland's dragons. Yeah. Yeah. You're
2: that Panty. Panty <laughs> definitely has an outfit for that. You know that. Yeah,
1: real. I actually saw her on stage at Lingo Festival at a uh, kick up the arts, which was literally the best things ever happened to me and fuck the Late Late Show get to get that like I want the Kick Up The Arts format hosted by Blind Boy Boat Club as oh, a new Late Late Boy. Show it was unbelievable and Panty gave, gave a talk and a chat and was on a panel with uh, the wonderful Tara Flynn mm-hmm. and a couple of other people and uh, I was looking at her and I was just like how what is gender <laughs> what is gender like she was chilling in this giant chair and I was just like what is gender you're amazing and her ability to like pull audiences somewhere else and to yeah. dispense hope like holy shit do you know but I think not that her like Jesus Panty's role is never like I mean she always calls herself like an accidental activist do mm-hmm. you know what I mean like accidental national treasure but we I don't know if she's gonna be enough for this you know, mm. like she's got her own, like she's got her own community to protect and to take Absolutely. care of. And mm. she's got doing amazing work and has it literally. Ch- I can't wait to tell my grandkids about Pansy, you know, about that thing that happened to us and what she did. You know what mm. I mean? And I, uh, I, but I think I think we might need something bigger.
2: But isn't the idea of an accidental activist so fucking beautiful, though? Yeah. Like thrust, thrust to this, felt something very real that was happening at a time mm. where it's very important, and said I'm and did something make very brave. Goddamn speech about it, yeah, and it turned into an international thing, um, mm. and wasn't looking to be an activist. She was looking to address the audience in the theater mm. that night, you know what yeah. I mean, um, and to speak to these tiny groups of. People and isn't that the bloody point? The point of like, but it's also saying the conversations no. we're having on Twitter and moving them offline.
1: Well, she she had this. But didn't it start with uh, Rory having that interview where she yeah. named, he named and shamed, mm. named and shamed, called some homophobes what they are, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then the they, they were, sued, they sued, yeah. and they got, the, yeah. I believe they got the money, oh, no, eighty thousand, yeah. yeah, or have no money, the fucking myth, yeah. eighty thousand to the bigots, like, and I uh, and then pushed back, yeah. made something happen on the back of that. There was, you could have just let that go. Could have just let that become a tale, a dinner party story, mm. a, oh that old thing. And instead took something enormous, like a scandal and used that as a driving momentum behind a massive cultural change in Ireland and through that was led to the Abbey stage.
0: Yeah. I'm not sure who the director of that play was but fair play to whoever that was, oh. so who recognised oh, the parallels amazing. as well. Yeah, you know that was just. Who were the other people? Who were the people yeah. who were
1: around? You know, mm. but I think that that needs to happen on a much bigger scale. I think the luck dragon for because we're not just talking about Ireland, we're talking about like the Western world at large, mm. and like the this and the decay that's that's slowly happening, and like the the distrust that's sort of for me anyway, the distrust that's starting to kind of pull pull focus. That we might be in the dawn of a different era.
0: An important thing about that was that the platform Panty got wasn't on RT wasn't on Today FM, wasn't on News Talk. Live. Oh, and it was the internet. Yeah, it was the internet and Mm. it was a theatre. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't standard. It was it was old. It was old fashioned. It was it was old fashioned and completely new. Yeah, just yeah. It completely cut out twentieth century. It was like twenty first century and nineteenth century ways communicating.
2: And isn't that the same yeah. thing about like the speech they tried to give to Mike fans after Hamilton? Yeah, like I feel like the theater mm. is often dismissed. To, you know, people like and, you know, particularly Hamilton, which is like a musical. People mm. often dismiss it as like, oh, this isn't a serious and, work uh, form. Even like yeah. even, even theater people often dismiss musicals, let mm, I mean, alone
1: like, a hip hop musical. Yeah, yeah, with like shitloads of people.
0: Mm. Um, no. Like, sorry go on.
2: Yeah. Oh, just but this idea of this you know, this space that a lot of people, particularly I'd say, more conservative people, would say, Oh, it's just it's just mm. theatre or it's just the arts and it's like, no, these are literally where change starts.
0: Yeah. And especially Hamilton 'cause I saw Hamilton in September. Oh the emotion God. is Alan so
2: is the, Alan is one of the
1: like six Irish people yeah. who have seen <laughs> Hamilton much.
2: <laughs> the emotion is so
0: high in that room at the end of that show. Yeah. yeah. People everybody's just puffy and red yeah. and crying. So mm. that to have that speech happen then. Yeah. at the end, it must yeah. have been incredible and yeah. i you, he had my parents had to have taken something out of it I would hope. You well, know. he's about to
1: defund Planned Parenthood. So. Well,
0: yeah.
2: And please conversion therapy.
0: Electrocute,
1: yeah. electrocute them. And, it's gonna,
2: yeah. and I think something that um, people aren't talking about enough for, uh, in my opinion, um, is what uh, Rory O'Neill is now talking about um, HIV more in Ireland and how mm. HIV is treated and why PrEP is not available in Ireland, mm. which is a huge thing, but Mike Pence is against any money going into HIV. Um, and I have friends in San Francisco who have HIV, and if they were getting all the meds that they need to be on, which they are not. Um, But if they were getting all the meds and if they were paying out of pocket, which he wants people to do, um, it would be three grand a month. So it's turning, it's literally reverting back to Reagan era where HIV, which is, you know, no longer a death sentence, Mm -hmm. like it's an illness that can be controlled. um, But he's turning it back into a death sentence and he's turning it back into a death sentence for people who don't have a lot of money and particularly people of colour and particularly LGBT people. Um, So, yeah, it's... But that idea of just using theatre spaces and using... Li- yeah that live engagement and how powerful that can be but also yeah combining it with the ongoing conversations that we're having online I think
1: that combination of, and I think yeah, the, 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 the theatre specifically has this lawlessness because it's everything that happens there like I fucking love this I love it Do you know what I mean me and Ro met at Dublin Youth Theatre 13 yes, years ago oh my God, um, we're both and we didn't end up in the theatre <laughs> we both ended up writing which yeah, is pretty did, cool yeah. um, but I we, think
2: we were literally like I want I want nerdy
1: kids I want weird where are my nerds where are my nerds <laughs> <laughs> I met lots of Southsiders it was bizarre I was like where are you from how do you spell Terenure you're <laughs> from the uh, Northside that's the swamp of sadness y- <laughs> yes yes fucking hell yeah uh, but I, I'm,
2: I from, I'm, I'm from D4 the super of possibilities no <laughs> I'm not from D4
1: that's a joke But <laughs> you're in the mountains from, um, true. but a uh, mountain witch but I uh, <laughs> I think that the, something I've always felt about the space of the theatre, and I think even as somebody who is on a very fucking Lego rudimentary level made theatre, I think that uh, I, there's an expected chaos in that, in that room. Like when you walk into a theatre, there is a feeling that anything could happen. And I think on a very basic level, it's like, what if somebody forgets their lines? Or what if somebody's <laughs> like, oh, panto's great because there's so much improvisation? And like, what there there is a sense of potential chaos, and I think that's why they become incredible spaces for political movement. It, without it, even outside of the constructs of like the play and the form of and like the show, like why things like the Noble Call or whatever, yeah. why why there is a huge symbolism and weight is because you take the that chaotic that trusted chaotic energy, and uh, you use it for good. And that's and the moment
2: with Bastian in the book, right? Saying, it, like, when he realises, oh, no, they're talk- they can't be talking about me. And they're going, and they're literally speaking to him and going, Bastion, say my name. Yeah. Like, do something, save us. And I feel like that's what the people on stage are doing when they make, like, first of all, when you make break the fourth anyway, wall. You break the fourth wall but sometimes. But when you break yeah, the fourth yeah. wall and go... This isn't... You're not just passively watching something. You're leaving this room now and what are you going to do with what you've learned and what you've experienced it and what emotions that, like this art form and tonight have brought. Yeah. I think that's what Panty did. Like it was after... What was the name of the play? Should the speech after... I can't even remember. It's about the
0: lockdown anyway but I can't remember. Yeah. yeah. And
2: so it was this thing of like look you're after watching a play that is about injustice and is about people like taking taking power back and so let's take the emotion that you felt during this play and let's really harness it today like Mm. right now and that's what i think is so beautiful about what never ending story does and what it tells us about art is whatever you experience through art you don't just passively it's not a passive action you can take what you feel and literally bring it out into the streets then
1: at least you hope you can
2: or hope you you can with a look dragon
1: yeah, we'll take whatever whatever our luck dragon is, wouldn't it be
2: so great if we we're a luck dragon to chase Donald Trump into a dumpster?
1: <laughs> oh my God, who Come is on. the luck dragon? That's 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 the big question. We're all luck dragons. We're all look. Look inside look yourself, dragons. listener. Look inside yourself. <laughs> you I'm are a creepy the creepy wing girl in you. <laughs> Find the giant Henson animatronic opal <laughs> essence dragon inside yourself. <laughs> change the world put on an 80s ballad fly <laughs> to it <laughs> it's gonna be great uh, like fucking
2: hell we try I, guys we try I think I, I realised all of this when I was five by the way
0: is I that, think, is that yeah. when you started watching yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it? Yeah. I was so it. woke
1: <laughs> I was so such woke. a woke toddler <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, yeah I think I was I think I was like legit like four the first time I saw it for the first time god I baby <laughs> I wish I was
1: four <laughs> I wish I was small do you yeah. make you wanna
2: Anything else I want to say I just have I have like Literally like Three things of notes I have like depression And adolescence I have Trump And then I have general stuff Um, Can we just talk about 80s bullies For two seconds Yes Just on that point Let's do it Because I think 80s bullies Were bullies in a way That we don't see Anymore on screen And I don't know If I'm sad or happy about it
0: Kids aren't that (laughs) confident (laughs) anymore Maybe Yeah
2: But like okay so the bullies never, they're slightly younger than the usual 80, 80s bullies because mm. I think if we look at like Footloose and all you know Karate Kid they all seem to be like kind of 15 and over yeah. um, but 80s bullies used to try kill you yeah. they weren't messing around like the amount of 80s films that would literally try and drive you off the road in their car mm. and stuff like the Karate you Kid live
0: in Footloose this bin now. they had yeah.
1: just, wasn't it Tractor Bullies <laughs> They were Jesus. intense bullies. And even in Stranger Things conjured uploads of 80s bullies as well. Right. They oh, were like, yeah. I'm gonna fucking throw you off a cliff because <laughs> they don't care, you know? And then like, there's something so interesting
2: with bullies also moving from this very physical threat world yeah. to now if you look at films, it's all like it's blackmail. Like, it's mm. texting and it's Emotional yeah, Warfare. And it's yeah. cyber stuff.
1: I'm not gonna break your jaw. I'm gonna ruin your fucking life. Yeah. Yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um which I think is yeah, it's this
2: scary thing of it's like the physical threats is so palpable when you watch these movies and you're like, you're going to get some crap beaten out of you and that's really, really painful. And then, and I think parents... I mean, even like literally yesterday I saw a meme and it was like, how do you deal with cyber bullies? And it was like someone shutting a laptop. And I feel like so many parents still have that attitude of like, yeah, yeah just shut it. But you're like, no, it's the nothing, right? Like we can't escape mm. online spaces anymore. We can't escape technology anymore. So it's like seeping into every area of our lives. Um, but and just,
0: if you're not like online, you're kind of like half a person. Yeah, As well. I'm so Completely. jealous. Of yeah. You're not. Yeah.
2: If you're a if you're a kid growing up, a teenager growing up mm-hmm. now, and you're not online, like there's this entire social like I'm not on Facebook and most of my and all of my friends know I'm not on Facebook <laughs> the amount of times that they just forget to invite me to things uh, like
1: text draw text page.
2: Yeah. but you know but it, it is real and like even in my college they had a sexuality studies department Facebook page and they would post stuff about talks and stuff and I would have to turn to my lecturers and go sorry I'm not getting less experience in this college because they don't have a bloody Facebook and they were like oh sorry yeah. um, but it is it's this huge all encompassing thing and also, I had to set up a Facebook account on Tinder, which was also—that's oh. another horror story. Talk about fucking swamps, <laughs> <class. laughs> Irish Dax, Tinder, She was no, see you, stupid horse, <laughs> just terrible. <laughs> oh man!
0: Can we talk a second for about like while we see Bastian's home life and his father? It's really where that, that man would have a son called Bastian and a wife called Moonchild.
1: Yeah, the name Isn't Moonchild, it? I never yeah. know. You meet some people in the States though, man, to be fair. Like, they're mad names. <laughs> like,
2: but when I was, I had to look up. I never knew what name he shouted. I
0: don't think you're supposed to in the film.
2: I think, but it's, I it's it, is, I think it is
0: Moonchild. But it in is book, Moonchild. And the book is Moonchild. And yeah. when
2: you know it's Moonchild, you can hear it. But I don't know if they wanted to keep it ambiguous in the film because yeah. I never understood yeah. it
0: Maybe they were was. slightly embarrassed by <laughs> yeah, maybe it. Maybe like, that's well, real. Is, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, but look, you, know, you genuinely do meet people in the States with mad names. I love them. That's I feel like true. everyone here is called, like, Kira. Do you know what I mean? Like Hi, Kira. But, like, that dad <laughs> looks like he's called,
0: like, Joel. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> And he's an accountant. But also he's married a woman called Woman Maybe Moonchild. his
1: parents were hippies. Her parents might have been hippies. Mm. And
2: he might have gone corporate. I mean, oh, it's like a Darwin
0: Greg situation. Huh? It's oh, like a Darwin and Greg situation.
2: Oh, so oh my God. Oh, throwback. Yeah. Throwback. That was TV3. <laughs> yes, it was TV3. <laughs> Mind blown. Darwin um, Greg just shoot
0: me. Yeah. Oh time I know.
2: Now. Um Holy Like we have a friend in, Sarah and I have a friend in <laughs> San Francisco called Wonder Dave. Imagine if we had to go to a window and be like,
1: Wonder Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know his last name for years. I eventually got it out of him. But then you just, well, I guess. It's Dave's last name. i will not you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wait, so his actual given name is Wonder Dave.
1: Well, no, I to, no everyone's been calling him okay, that for a okay. minute. For, I'd say about a decade he's been Wonder Dave yeah. okay. and that's just that's just his name my friend Erin is from Erin uh, she's fr- she, who's a poet and terrific uh, she's from she's uh, Appalachian Mountains and she went to school with a guy called Faith Makepeace <laughs> <laughs> do you know Sure. that's real Yeah, my ex-boyfriend
2: is called Toaster I mean let's just talk about it you know
1: People like that's it. People names. have weird names. Mm. So Moonchild, okay. Running, <laughs> running to run a window. Toaster! I'm gonna call my. I'm gonna call my first baby fucking Falcor. Like whatever, you know what I mean. Like he actually will
2: now. Yeah, but
1: I like Falco. Remember. I fought with Carrie Bit this few times. I'm like, I really like Falco, and he's like, you can't call your child a Falco. You can't. Our baby. I'm like, maybe I can. But what if? We, what if the baby just looks up at you and you look down at the baby and it's a Falco like yeah. what if
2: but the flip side of that is couldn't you look at a baby and it could look up and just your heart would think because you know it's a Chad oh yeah. poor Chad poor Chad Chad is you see the alt-right that yeah. delightful alt-right piece published by the Irish Times in a completely the national broad thanks very journalism. much guys yeah thanks for publishing that neo-nazi directory of terms um, Chad is like a term of someone who can be easily swayed and mm-hmm. brought to the movement
1: yeah yeah <laughs> I do you, do my favorite definition on the list was a blue hair, which is yeah. a uh, aggressive feminist who's normally overweight and that's somebody who spends a lot of their life with like How's it going, a blue lads? rinse with <laughs> ha- hi. <laughs> How's it going? Uh, I was like, oh, at least at least they can see me. Oh my god,
2: Atreya was meant to have blue hair.
1: <sighs> it would have been so connected. cute. Atreya <laughs> was connected. a feminazi. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And on that note <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Headline a tray with a
2: feminine. Oh That's our analysis. <laughs>
0: so thank you, Ro Dermot. Yeah. This was really enjoyable. Well, depressing as hell. <laughs> yeah, but it went really fast. It, it was a good chat Yeah, it was deadly.
1: Yeah. This is the crack. Yeah. This is, come back to, to us to watch Kids <laughs> 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 come out, that was fun. It's about Trump and monogeny <laughs> and depression. And our entire world is being wasted <laughs> by hopelessness. Uh, if you're
2: a look dragon, you can contact me on 08. Oh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so thank you again to Ro. Thank yeah. you to Sarah. Thanks, Alan. And thanks, goodbye, Alan. everybody. Go watch Ever Ending Story. It's really good. And not just a person. Bye. Bye. And there we go. That's the first episode of 2017 done. Um, thanks again to Ro McDermott. You can read her uh, brilliant column in Dublin Inquirer and her criticism... In hot press and loads of other stuff all over the place. Anything Row writes is worth reading, so just follow her on Twitter. Um, what else? I don't. We've been a bit sporadic with episodes in the last couple of months, but we're back on track now. So there will be one every two weeks for like at least a month. Definitely, definitely, two episodes in a row will happen. Um, do I have anything else? Very importantly, um, I read Sarah. Maria Griffin's book Spare and Found Parts Over Christmas and it's amazing and I know you kind of if your friend writes a book you're supposed to say that but genuinely this is an amazing book and it's on Amazon so go get it and read it and be amazed like I was uh, thanks to Headstuff for all their support and for producing us and all that uh, thanks to Dean McDonald for the artwork thanks as always Um yeah, that's it. It's quite one. It's not. I, I don't have news really today. But I, the, the inauguration's tomorrow so we'll see how that goes. Maybe there won't be another episode. Maybe we'll all die. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye.